Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Genesis 42. Genesis 42. Last Sunday morning we talked about how God providentially worked through uh, Joseph's life by working within the circumstances, by working within people who had a good motive, bad motive, evil motive, uh, but had no motive of all, and yet God worked to do in Joseph's life what needed to be done. Last Sunday night, we looked at the evil that Joseph faced and how God providentially worked against that evil. Wednesday, we looked at how uh, Joseph responded. He was a man who in the midst of trials was faithful. He faithfully served the Lord and the Lord blessed him each step of the way. He resisted temptation when it was presented to him, and he always thought of other people. He was a man of God whom God used and worked providentially in his life. He worked from the time of his brother's hatred to the end of chapter 41. He's now been exalted to be second in command in the land of Egypt. God took him for 13 years and worked providentially to bring him to that position. If that was all that God did, that'd be great. That'd be great. But beginning in chapter 42, God did the second work in Joseph's life. The first work was for Joseph's benefit to providentially work to bring him to the place where God would use him to protect Israel. But now he does a second work beginning in chapter 42. We're not going to be able to cover all of it, but that's the theme. It is amazing what God did. If God just blessed Joseph and left his brothers and his father and his younger brother back in the land and he never would have saw them, the Lord still blessed him. But that's not all God did. The second thing that God did was to work providentially to reconcile him to his father, to his brothers, to his younger brother, and bring them down to Egypt so they would have many years together. You see, God doesn't just work in your life. God will work to restore whatever has been stolen, whatever has been taken from him. It was not enough for Joseph just to be second in command. God wanted to restore the family. And so he did. God overrules sin and circumstances against us. But he also works through sin in our lives to affect change in us. This was all done for Joseph's sake. But in the process, he worked using Joseph to see the brothers change their hearts and then be reconciled to their brother. You see, God doesn't just work in his children's lives, but he works when people fail when people are disobedient to God. He works to change the brother's heart for Joseph's sake. God is not providential in the lives of the unsaved. Other than, let me clarify, other than to work to bring them unto the Lord Jesus Christ. An unsaved person can look back and say, man, I can see the hand of God all the time, but bringing me to Christ. For Christians, 
We've come to Christ. He's working in everything good in our lives. And I want us to notice three things. I won't get to them this morning. It's amazing. The brothers were guilty of three sins. Hatred, greed, and jealousy. In all three sins, God used Joseph to deal with those and expose it, and the brothers passed the test of change. I want you to notice the first one. The providence of God to deal with his brother's hatred, beginning in verse 3 of chapter 42. The first phase was to set up the situation. The first step was the fear of the father, verse 3 says. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob, sent not with his brethren, for he said, lest peradventure mischief befall him. Benjamin was the, and Joseph were the uh, sons of the one whom Jacob loved, Rachel. The other brothers were not from her, so they were treated specially. They were special to the father. And his own fear said, uh uh uh, I'm not going to let him go. Y'all can go down, but I'm not going to let him go, which was part of God working to affect their heart. Verse 5 Step 2 Famine in the land. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. It's very interesting. God worked way away from Joseph. This is some 22 years later before the brothers came. 22 years. He knew nothing of his brothers and family. He knew nothing. And yet God was working in all the circumstances to bring the brothers down to Egypt. The second phase is, notice verse 6. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and it, he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. A fulfillment of what God told Joseph in chapter 37. They're going to bow down to him. He do it would remember it. Then notice what happened. Verse 7. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them but made himself strange unto them. First of all, he did was he hid or disguised himself. Now, he already, for 22 years, had now become to look like an Egyptian, whatever it was, but he looked different. But in the providential hand of God, God made sure that the ten brothers would come before Joseph. Now, I'm going to make an assumption here. Joseph, being overseer, may have delegated to other people to take care of things. He may have been there every day. I don't know. But the point is, is God providentially made sure that Joseph was there when the ten brothers came and he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. That was the first step. Verse 9 says, And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them met his brothers without Benjamin. He came and saw his brothers, but Benjamin was not there. Third phase, God has now broke, brought the brothers to Egypt. Joseph now recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And the third phase is Job begins to, I mean, Joseph begins to test them. He does it two ways, with his words and with his action. Notice verse seven. 
And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange to them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. Now Joseph had no grudge, but I love it. I'm not going to say Joseph enjoyed this, but I would have. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, because Joseph was a lot better than I am. They spoke roughly to him, and so he spoke roughly to them. His voice and his tone was shocking because he's the high command, and they had to bow down to him, and he spoke roughly to them. Secondly, he made two accusations, or twice, verse 9. And he said to them, you are spies to see the nakedness of the land you are come. He accused them, you're spies. You come to spy out our land. And so they respond in verse 10. And they said unto him, Nay, my Lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. You know what Joseph was doing? If Joseph had just said, Hey, guys, it's me. He would have never known. Had they really changed? They'd have said we changed, but have they really changed? You see, God gives people the opportunity through circumstances to change. And God was going to use Joseph to give an opportunity for the brothers for what evil they had done to affect change, forgiveness, reconciliation, and healing within that family. God doesn't just work to work in your life providentially, but he works to heal human relationships if people will let him. He did it again in verse 12. And he said to them, Nay, you're spies, but you come to see the nakedness of the land. You know what he was doing? He hadn't seen his brothers for 22 years. I don't know what's going on. I've seen my brothers here. I don't know if my father's dead. I don't know if my younger brother's dead. I have no idea what they've done. The last time I knew is they hated me, wanted to kill me, sold me in slavery, and I've not seen it for 22 years. I have no idea what's going on. So his first test was to solicit information from them. To solicit, what, what, what's, what's going on? Notice verse 13. And thy, they said, thy servants are 12 brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. That's what he wanted to know. My father's alive, and the brother youngest brother is still alive so they say but they've told my father a lie that I'm no longer there but I'm standing right here he knew the situation he knew what was going on that was his first phase to test him the second phase was to find out what was really in their heart so he tested them with his actions notice in verse 14 and Joseph said to them, That is it that I spake to you, saying, You are spies. Hereby shall you be proved by the life of Pharaoh you shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies. And he put them all together into ward or to prison for three days. Now, I don't know about you. I'd have liked that. <laughs> now, Joseph, it as mean as I am. I'm mean, you know. But I would have kind of enjoyed that, you know. Throw them into prison. 
But I don't think that was Joseph's motive. You know what his motive was? To give them three days and confinement to argue and fuss among themselves and to figure out what they're going to do. Are they going to be deceptive? Are they going to protect themselves? Are they going to go back home and, and uh, hide their brother? What are they going to do? He wanted to test them to see what was in their heart. In verse 18, he then said this, And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live. For I fear God, if you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. He changed it. He said, I'm going to just let one be bound. The rest of you can go. Go you, carry corn for the famine of your houses, but bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. What Joseph was doing was testing. Are these genuine? Have they really changed? I think there's a certain degree that God does it in our life. Some trials are, we don't know why, some trials are tests. How are you going to act? What are you going to do? Are you really changing? Are you really who you claim to be? Are you really a Christian? Or are you just going to live the way you want to live and do the way you want to do and say the things you want to do? Sometimes trials have a way of testing. And so God was using Joseph to test them. And notice the first thing that happened in verse 21. And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear? Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. You know what they did? What everybody needs to do. They realized they'd done wrong. That's what Joseph wanted. You see, God was using Joseph to heal the family, but you can't have a family healed if one family member doesn't change. You can have forgiveness on your part, but if others don't change, there's nothing you can do about it. If someone decides to hate, you can still be kind to them, but if they don't change, you can't really have a great healing. So Joseph was working to see. And the first sign that he saw 22 years later, guess what? They still felt guilt for what they had done. Their hearts were convicted in this situation and said, Oh, guys, you know why this trouble is happening? Because we grew up through our brother in prison and we heard the anguish of his soul and we ignored him. Reuben says, I told you guys, this is why this trouble has come upon us. And notice verse 23. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. That's interesting. They didn't know because Joseph said, let's go do it by an interpreter. And he turned himself about unto them and wept and returned to them again and communed with them. You know what Joseph realized? He cried and said, Oh my, my brothers realize that what they've done is wrong. You can't have reconciliation between God and you 
And you can't have reconciliation between people until somebody who's been the one that's wrong admits I was wrong. Now you can be kind and gracious to those and be forgiving, but you'll never know true fellowship because someone is unwilling to admit. But then notice what he did. He took from them Simeon and bound him for their eyes and he sent them back and said, you cannot come back until you bring your younger brother. You know what he was trying to do? He was testing them. Are they going to do to my younger brother what they did to me? They hated me. They sold me into slavery. So now I'm testing them to see if they will bring the younger brother back. Or are they going to do all they can to protect themselves? He was testing their hatred. Had they changed? They had hated their brother Joseph and lied to their father. Now how would they treat Benjamin? And so Joseph was testing their hatred. You know why? To give them an opportunity. To give them an opportunity to expect change in the life. So that's what God did the first thing. Now the second thing, he tested their greed. Notice in verse 25. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus he did unto them. Why did he do that? <laughs> Why did he do it? Because they were willing to sell their brother for money to get rid of him. You heard someone say one time, I tell you what, that man's so, so greedy, he'll, he'd sell his brother just to make a dollar. <laughs> well, that's what they did. But you know what Joseph did? He said, return their money. Let's find out. Are they still greedy? Are they still men of hatred? Are they going to keep the money for themselves? Or are they going to own up to it? Verse 28. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that God hath done to us? They realized, we can't keep this money. We're not men of greed anymore. We are on the process of changing. And so we can't keep this money. What has God done to us by putting this money in our place? I want you to go real quickly to chapter 42, verse 35. And I want you to notice how God set it up. And it came to pass as they emptied their sacks that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, you have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he's left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which you go, then you shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. What's interesting is the father said, Uh-uh. No way. I'm not letting my younger son go. But you know what God was doing? Through the life of Joseph, he's going to make sure that he's trapped. And Benjamin had to come back. Notice verse, chapter 43, verse 7. 
And they said, the men asked straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we had told him according to the tenor of these words, and we certainly know that he would say, Bring your brother down. Verse 8, And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. I will be a surety for him. Of my hand thou shalt require him, if I bring him not unto thee. And set him before thee, then let me hear the blame forever, for except we had lingered, surely now we returned the second time. You, you, you don't see what's going on. The brother is now willing to tell the father, I will do everything I can to protect this child. We sold the brother into slavery, of which you don't know, but I will do everything I can to protect. You know what's happening? Their hearts are changing, their hearts have changed. They're not as evil as they were. God is not only in the business of protecting his children, but is also in the business of changing human hearts. No one is beyond the working power of God to change hearts. I've seen it. I've seen people who were basically scum find Christ and were changed. That's what was happening. Joseph was, Jacob, uh, Judah was willing to protect him. Verse 14 of chapter 43. And God Almighty give you mercy that he may send you away your other brother. And Benjamin, if I'm bereaved of my children, I'm bereaved. I guess I'll trust God. <laughs> I'll just trust him. I'll trust him. And so the brothers brought Benjamin down. Have they really changed? You know, sometimes I say and do things just... For certain reason, someone really changed? Or is it just words? Joseph could be reconciled to his brothers until he found out, are these brothers still evil? Have they harmed my father? I found out they lied and told him I'm dead. Are they going to now harm my little brother? So go on, if you will, in verse 15 of chapter 43. And the men took their present, and they took double money in their hand. And Benjamin rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Pharaoh. Verse 16. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and slay and make ready, for these men shall dine with me today. Verse 19. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house, and said, O oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food. And it came to pass when we came to the end that we opened our sacks and behold every man's money was in the mouth of his sack. Our money in full weight and we brought it again in our hand. And other money have we brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. You know what the brothers were doing? Joseph tested them. Are you still the greedy things that sold me into slavery? And now he knows they were not. They were honest. They were men who had changed. They didn't keep the money for themselves. They told their father. They brought it back. They doubled the amount. Here it is. We brought it all back and we've doubled it. We're men of honesty. We're not men of greed. Ah, they've changed. They're men of change. God is working in their lives. And notice 
In verse 23, how Joseph was kind. The steward said, Peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father have given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out to them to die. You know how gracious Joseph was? Joseph wasn't out to get their money. When he found out that they came back with double the money, he had already instructed his steward, it's okay. The money's been taken care of. The bill's been paid. You're now honest men. Second thing I see, you're not men of hatred anymore. You brought my younger brother back. I see him. For 22 years, he'd been sold into slavery, hated by his brothers, and yet now, and yet now, here he is tested, tested by what is going on. And he saw their hearts were no longer full of hatred. And they were no longer men of greed. You may not see the story. You may not see the sovereign hand of God. You may not appreciate the work of God. But God used Joseph to give the men an opportunity to be changed, to be different. I've been here for 28 years. I've seen people in our town, and I know them, and they have not changed in 28 years. But I don't quit praying for them. I've seen some in church come and go, up and down, in and out. Some have changed, and some have not. But I've seen a lot of hearts who've been changed who are different people than you were, who are growing, who are maturing. You see, God does not only work in your life to work out providentially in your hand, but He also works in your life to give you the opportunity to own up to your sinfulness and confess it and be changed. I'm going to go real quickly. The third thing was hatred. And then the third thing was jealousy. Verse 26. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves to him to the earth. And he asked them of their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spake? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed there on their heads and made obeisance. <laughs> they bowed twice, three times, four times. They knew who they were talking to. In verse 29, he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep. And he entered into his chamber and wept there, and he washed his face and went out and refrained him and said, Set on bread. Do you know what he's done? Lord, I've been gone for 22 years. You almost killed me. And yet you providentially have worked. And now, I don't know where they're at, but now I get to see finally to go and weep and weep because I see their hearts are different. They're not necessarily men of hatred. And they've watched over my younger brother. But Joseph was not through. You see, the brothers were guilty of hatred. And so Joseph tested them. Are you now going to hate? They were not. But they were also guilty, they were guilty 
of jealousy. And notice in verse uh, 30. And Joseph made haste for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep. Joseph was very upset, very bothered, very concerned. Don't have time to do the rest. But let me tell you what he did. This is very fascinating. We'll continue it tonight. When they all sat down to dine, you know what he did? He put five times the amount of food in Benjamin's lap. The brothers, you know why? Joseph had a purpose. Joseph was not just doing, he was being used of God. He had a purpose. He made sure that he favored Benjamin just like he had been favored. And they were jealous of him. Now Joseph wanted to see. I wonder how they'll react now when I favor Benjamin. And you know what else he did? He told his steward to put his special cup in Benjamin's sack. And when they came along the road, the steward came back and said, You have stolen my master's cup. And they said, Well, sure, we haven't done anything like that. We're okay, men. We'll say this. Whosever cup you find it in, he'll be the slave. And guess whose cup they found it in? Benjamin. What would the brothers do? Are they jealous of their younger brother? Would they do everything they can to protect themselves? You know the story. They came back and said, we'll take whatever consequences. Please, please don't take our younger brother. They passed the test. Their lives had changed. And guess what? In chapter 45, God, uh, Joseph told them, and they wept together and held one another, and the reconciliation was there. You see, God worked sovereignly and providentially in Joseph's life to protect him, to put him in second in command. But that's not enough. He then worked providentially in the lives and using Joseph to change the brothers so there could be reconciliation. The father would come down. They would live together for 17 years and have great blessings. See, God is not just in the business of protecting you. God's in the business of healing relationships and people and restoring things. So I don't know where you are and I don't know what you face. But you know what? There are a lot of people out there who hold a grudge. Oh, I don't know who they hold a grudge to, but they do. It might be me. I don't know. It might be you. Might be somebody else, might be a neighbor, might be a friend. But you know what's good about God? For some, God can work to heal the relationship. Because God's a good God. He doesn't just take care of you and watching over you that no things happen to you that he providentially can work to bring good. But he also works around you to and be different. I went back to my church last year that I pastored at. Oh, so-and-so do it. <laughs> I won't tell you their name. He laughed. Said, what do you think? I said, I know. Well, they dip in about every year. Yeah, about every year. When they got a need or they got a trouble, they'll show up. But he said, I hadn't seen them in I don't know how many years. That's been 30 years. Do you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing as there. They have changed. They're the same old, same people. 
And what's sad is I think they're, they think they're on their way to glory. And they may be, I don't know. But that's not the salvation I got. My salvation affects change in the life. Are you changing? Or are you just the same old, same old? Are you the same old person? Or is God working to change you and make you a more kind Christian, a gracious Christian, a more faithful Christian? That's up to you. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we thank you for the life of Joseph. Lord, this is amazing to me when I saw it. How good you were not only to protect him and sovereignly work to bring good and put him in second command. But then, Lord, you did the second phase. You worked providentially to use him to effect change in his brothers so that there would be full reconciliation and he would enjoy his fathers, his brothers, his younger brother for the next 17 years. Lord, you're not only in the protecting business, but you're in the healing business. And I pray you'd work in all of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.